what I keep telling my my clients is that you can look at your book as a way to um, leverage your brand. It's more about brand awareness. It's more about adding an extra resource in your business um, to make people um, know, like, and trust you. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning in to our live series weekdays at 11 a.m. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking to Emmy. Emmy is a client of ours as well. Um, and so I'm very excited to have her on today. She is a three times number one best selling author, psychologist, and founder of Self Publishing Made Simple. She helps successful entrepreneurs coaches and visionaries expand their reach by writing and publishing their books on the world's largest online book re retailer, Amazon. Through her online programs and signature Get It Done Hub, she guides her students through a proven self-publishing process to successfully launch a book to number one bestseller on Amazon, even without a publicist. Emmy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Annette. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have this chat. So let's start off with, should everyone have a book? Does everyone have a book in them? And should everyone have a book? Well, I have to say, if you are a business owner, a coach, you actually do need to have a book. I know people do have like all sorts of social media platforms and you have your podcasts and so on. But the book is another stream where you could reach so many audiences. There are so many people who actually want to know what you know. And so mm -hmm. if you are someone, particularly if you are in the information or in a consultancy, um, coaching arena, having a book could help you to leverage, especially if you are going to publish on Amazon, to leverage the power of Amazon and reach more people, grow your brand, you know, build your audience using that platform. So my short answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I think to a lot of people, they might understand kind of logically, okay, well, that makes sense. I mean, a book would be good, but oh my goodness, how can I possibly write a book? A book is so much information or, <clears throat> excuse me, a book is, it, you know, it has to be written in a certain way or I'm not, you know, I was never good at English writing when I was at school. How am I going to possibly actually physically write a book? What do you say to those people? I have to say some of my best students start off with that thinking. Like I'm not good enough. Like when I was a when I was a student, my English teacher said I should never ever become a writer because I'm yes, just so I have that. writing. <laughs> but you see, Annette, this is what I'm saying. You know, some of my most amazing you know, self-published students in self-publishing yeah, yeah. made simple, they start off with that and they carry that belief until they become adults. But the thing is, you become good at what you do. You become experts in your field. And there is a way to repurpose your um, existing content. Mm -hmm. You you know what you have to do. You know your topic inside out. And there are ways that we could, for example, some of my students, they have an existing course. They yeah. repurpose that and turn it into a book. If you are a speaker or if you facilitate workshops, if you have a podcast like this, mm. all you have to do is look at your existing content and hire a publisher, uh, hire a an editor or a mm. ghostwriter to help you to to refine it and, and turn it into a book. So really, your starting point should be 
is there something that I could deliver? Is there something of value that I could give to my readers? Forget about the, the writing for a minute because you could always hire a team. You can yeah. have a developmental editor. You can have your line editor. They will take care of the editing and make it um proper, if you like, for reading material. But as far as you as the expert goes, all you have to really believe is that you have valuable information that you can share. And there are different ways that we could take out that information out of your head and turn it into a book. Yeah, I love that. I think that the traditional image that many of us probably have when we think about writing a book is is somebody almost at a typewriter with a black sheet of paper ready to go and going, okay, so where do I begin? But like you say, when I wrote my, I'm going to say first book, because it's certainly not going to be my last book, but when I wrote um when I wrote my book, The Profit Plan, I actually took the material that I had used for a five-day challenge. I had run it multiple times. Um, and I basically took the video recordings of those um, and kind of trans got them transcribed and kind of smushed it all together and and put in other examples and all that kind of stuff. But that was the the basic starting point for my book. And it was um, and, and most of the writing was done at that point almost because all the content and the words were there. I just needed to make it sound like it wasn't just a live that I'd done. Um, so I think that's a great thing for people to realize is you don't need to sit down with a blank piece of paper and go, okay, let's begin. Yes, absolutely. And and from my experience with my students, that's actually what really works. And we already know that there is uh, an appetite for it. They, they've already tested the material yeah. um, using a different um, format. So whether yeah. it is an online course that you've um, delivered or whether it's, you know, from your podcast, some mm -hmm. have blogs and so on, you've yeah. already tested the material and it's just a matter of repurposing it to suit it um, in terms of having it um, repackaged as a book. And by doing that, again, you're, you're adding an additional resource to your business. You're widening your reach, especially yeah. if you're publishing on Amazon, you're leveraging mm. the power of Amazon and putting your, your brand forward and making it visible on that platform too. Yeah, absolutely. Because of course, we have to remember that different people consume content in different ways. And whilst you might have a video about it and a podcast episode about it, if you don't have something that's long form written, then you're missing out on those people that are the book consumers or excuse me, are the ones that actually want to sit down and 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 consume content in that way. Yes, and I have to say, Annette, when it comes to self-publishing on Amazon, of course, you have the Kindle version, you have mm -hmm. the paperback version. Now they also have the hardcover version, mm -hmm. but audiobooks. I mean, <laughs> that that's another level that 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 you we also need to explore because there are so many people nowadays um wanting to consume information by listening. So yeah. when you already have your book transcribed. Um, in this way, the next step would be to um, turn it into an audiobook. And there you have another platform and you're just widening the reach in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So what about people that say, well, there are so many books. Let, let's say I've, I'm okay, right? Okay, I get it. I'm going to write my book. But there are so many books on Amazon. How on earth is anyone going to accidentally discover my book over the 
which must be millions of other books that are out there. I have to say that was my major concern when I first started self-publishing because before I got into self-publishing, I'm a former academic psychologist. Mm -hmm. I was traditionally published textbooks and so on. Mm -hmm. So all I did was write the book and the publisher deals with everything else. But with self-publishing, it's like... (sighs) You know, I'm going to put in so much work, so much Mm -hmm. time, and I have to invest as well because I have to prepare for a cover, my editor, formatting, and so on. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to invest all my time and and some money preparing my book only for it to flop. (laughs) You You know, millions and millions of books on Amazon. So what I did, I had to educate myself. You know, it's scary, Mm -hmm. but I didn't let my fear eat me up. So what I did, I reached out to mentors. I read books. I educated myself Mm. about the ins and outs of self-publishing. And the the main thing that I learned from the get-go was actually doing your market research and your keyword research so Mm. that you could use the um, Amazon algorithm, um, use, uh, optimize your keywords so that when people type in those keywords, when they are looking for books on Amazon, Amazon Mm. will rank your book highly because you've included it in your metadata. So that's actually one secret sauce that I learned at the start of my self-publishing journey. It's one thing to write an amazing book, obviously, with your followers, Annette, you know, the people that Mm. we attract in our circle, we care about our uh, our customers, we care yeah. about serving our people, and we are able to deliver a good product. But mm. if nobody finds it, that yeah. all of that effort and all of that investment in time and in money mm. will be wasted. So the, the first thing that I actually teach my students in self-publishing made simple is we have to do the keyword research and the market research from the start. Selling the book is not an afterthought. And when Mm. we do the keyword research right, we optimize our books in terms of the title, the subtitle, the series title, you know, especially if you're building a portfolio of books on Amazon, adding those keywords in your book description, having a launch team as well to review Mm. your books and adding those keywords in the reviews so that when the Amazon bots scan your book page and identify those high traffic keywords, they will um, put your book forward to the people who are looking for that kind of book because it is relevant. So doing the keyword research, that's that's my answer to that question, Annette, because I have to say that was my fear when I mm. first started so many books out there. How am I going to you know, um, especially when I started, I had zero social media followers. I was like mm. an academic, like under rock, <laughs> like like hiding and so on. I didn't have any social um, media accounts, so I was mm. really starting from scratch. How on earth I'm going to show up and and get the readers to find my books? And the answer to that was um, keyword research and market research and leveraging um, the 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 power of Amazon as a search engine and yes. optimizing your book's metadata um, for those particular keywords. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, actually, was that it's really important for people to understand that Amazon is essentially a search engine. People are going to Amazon and they're typing in, you know, whatever your niche might be. For me, it might be they're typing in, you know, profitability or accounting or something like that. And people will be doing the same for our listeners' niches as well and and trying to find out information that they can um, so that they can consume the information in the way that suits them, i.e. 
through a book. Yeah, absolutely. And and I have to say, um, I'll just give an example. Um, one of my clients, Celia Kibler, um, when she came to me, she already had her book published. Okay. Mm. And she came to me, it's like, I mean, my book isn't selling. <laughs> it's like, what's yeah. going on? I know that I'm a good she's she's amazing, like a parenting coach, mm. um, 40 plus experience of um coaching parents to stop yelling yeah. at their kids. Just amazing, amazing. Okay. And I, I saw her book and she titled it. Taming the Toddler. And, ah. and, and I asked her, it's like, um, Celia, what does that mean? And she said, well, you know, sometimes toddlers are a bit of an animal and we need to tame mm. them and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I don't think people are going to type that in. And actually for me as a parent, yeah. um, I don't actually feel like mm. I want to tame my child. So I yes. started looking at the keywords. We did the keyword research together. And what we found was people are typing in the irresistible outcomes that they want um, from a parenting coach. And what they want is they want to stop yelling at their kids. Yes. <laughs> and the their goal is to raise happy toddlers. Like they mm-hmm. want their kids to be happy. They want to develop their parenting skills. And yeah, they want to stop yelling at their kids. So that's yeah. what we did. We optimized her um, existing book. Like we just changed the title, the subtitle, mm-hmm. her series title, um, and turned it into Raising Happy Toddlers, how to build your parenting skills and stop yelling at your kids. And that got her to number that. one by just repackaging it. Um, we had to unpublish and republish. That got okay, her to yeah. number one. And it made it more appealing to her readers. It's keyword optimized. And it's closer to what she stands for because she's all about empowerment, all about having more positive outcomes for, for her clients, for the families, and of course, for the children. So keyword research, really important. Yeah, and I think that's a good lesson as well, isn't it? Because we can come up with funky titles or cool little phrases, but actually, if they don't mean anything to somebody who is searching for your thing and then scrolling through the book options, if, if it doesn't stand out to them as, oh, yeah, yeah, that that is me, that is what I want, then it's not going to be purchased. It's not going to be bought by anyone. So in terms of book sales and revenue from book sales and book as a book as a revenue stream or a revenue driver for a business how do you view the book as a revenue stream or slotting into a revenue stream i think you know where what where yes, I'm yes, I, I, do, I, do. <laughs> I have to say so many of my um clients are um, small business owners, coaches, so many, I'm attracting so many therapists <laughs> and spiritual healers, um, probably because I am a psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I keep telling my my clients is that you can look at your book as a way to um, leverage your brand. It's more about mm-hmm. brand awareness. It's more about adding an extra resource in your business um, mm-hmm. to make people um, know, like, and trust you. They need to discover you. So the book really yeah. isn't about making as much money as you can from the book royalties itself. Of course, I mean, in my case, money is still coming in from the books, but I actually spend it back on ads, you know, so it just keeps... Um, churning in this um, cash flow, if you like, um, bringing in the money, but also spending it because I just want to have that visibility so yeah. people will know my brand. And that's what happens with my with my clients as well. 
instead of um, paying for, for example, um, Facebook ads, mm -hmm. what happens with them is they would um, publish their book. Obviously, we will have book promotion services and so on. Mm -hmm. But by having their books out there, they are using their books as a way to let people know what they stand for. They're giving their voice. Um, you get warmer leads because when people read your book, they feel as if they already know you. Like they've yeah. spent that time listening, um, like quote unquote, listening yeah. um, to your voice. And um, for my students as well, I encourage them to put in a lead magnet in there, mm -hmm. um, to grow their mailing list, or if they have a podcast, invite their um, readers to um, subscribe to their podcast, or if they have a Facebook group. So it's really a way to um, let people become more aware of who you are, um, growing your list, growing your followers, nurturing um, your audience. And I do have some clients like, for Celia and and also for Sarah um, Keeling, she's uh, an animal healer. And oh, when yeah. she when she advertises her live workshops, she will put her book forward as a bonus. Like if you attend my workshop, um, I you, you can get my best selling mm. bonus. So you can use it as an upsell. Um, you can use it to to actually um get people to know about your current offer so it it adds um that element uh, to your business it's an evergreen resource that you can use mm -hmm. over and over again and yes i have to say the passive income from the royalties it's actually quite good as well yeah. uh, but you can always um in terms of your cash flow you can reinvest it um just yes. so you have more um brand awareness and using your book in that way yeah absolutely i think that that's um, that was a big key for me in writing my book was essentially using it as a very chunky, lots of value, but a lead magnet, really, overall. Um, we have kind of extra resources that people can get in there and templates and all those kinds of things, which um, and that's how I use the book in terms of her complete transparency with people. We published the Kindle version in November. I think it was the end of November, actually. Mm, that's right. um, we haven't done the paperback yet. I'm still, uh, I still need to send some, get some time aside to uh, proofread that. But um, I am currently on the Kindle version only taking home around about seven pounds a month in royalties. So <laughs> it's not breaking any world records. Mm. However, what it is doing is it is bringing leads and clients into our business. And we have people who now say on calls to us, oh, yes, I read Annette's book. Yes. And that, for me, is where the value lies. Yes. And I have to say, Annette, with, with some of my clients, um, especially if their purpose is to really um, raise the, the brand awareness and grow their mailing list, if you are registered on KTP Select, mm. um, you can set your book for free for five days. And mm. if you have book promotion services blasting out your book um, through their existing mailing list, like some of these book promotion services mm -hmm. have like a million subscribers, having your book for free and promoted by these book promotion services, some of my clients will have 2,500 to 3,000 downloads in one day. They're mm -hmm. not making money because the book is free, but that means more eyeballs on your yeah. brand 
And with people actually having a copy of your book, even if it's just a Kindle copy, they already know that um, you are this person who can offer them that help. Or if they know someone else um, who would benefit from a book like yours, it's already in their hands. So it's a really great way to um, let people know who you are and you can nurture them from there by just, you know, them buying your book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my Kindle version is actually 77p. It's not it's not breaking the bank at all for that exact reason. For that exact reason is to get um, more people to consume it because uh, more people consuming it means that they are more profitable. It means that they know, like, and trust us more. And it is a win for everyone. So, um, so I love that. So what would you say to somebody who is thinking about uh, dipping their toe into this world? Because we've spoken about um, the kind of the writing part of it. There's also a tech part of it in uploading your manuscript, mm-hmm. getting your SEO working. That can sound, all of that can feel quite, and then the selling part, of course. So all of that can feel quite a big job in terms of people's time commitments, ongoing time commitments, especially when they're running a business as well, and perhaps have other personal commitments. How how much time do people need to dedicate to, to the process of not only getting their book published, but then the ongoing kind of management of that mm-hmm. afterwards? I have to say it it can feel quite overwhelming if you put mm. it that way. It's like so many things that you have mm. to do, so many things that you have to juggle. That's why, you know, when I started, I reached out to mentors and I really educated myself so I could see mm. what are the tasks and, and what I can and cannot do. Because the truth is you don't have to do everything yourself. If you're not a designer, if you are mm. not an editor, if you're not good in the tech and setting these things up, you could delegate. If you yes. already have an existing team, just get people who are good at what they do and ask them to do it for you. You are yeah. operating like a CEO. You don't have to do everything. You just need to understand what the strategy is, um, how this is going to pan out, and you delegate the tasks. Build your team. Hire an editor. Hire a professional cover designer. If um if you want your book to look pretty, hire a a, a book formatter as well. Mm-hmm. And you know the book promotion services, you can delegate that out as well. Even after you've um, published your book, if you want someone to run the Amazon ads, my ads are running on mm-hmm. autopilot, so it's just running on its own and. Um, you could just review it, you know, as we do as good business owners, you know, we have a look at it and monitor it from time to time. But once the systems have been set up, it's just smooth sailing from them. And and you can just um, write more, you know, um, you yeah. know build your portfolio um, as, as you gain more experience. But the short answer to your question, Annette, is really you don't have to do everything yourself. You could mm-hmm. build a team, delegate tasks that you're not really good at. Um, but the important thing is to really understand the process, understand the strategy, and lead your team. Lead your team. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Now, speaking of writing more books, like you kind of touched on there, how frequently should people write books? Or or I'll put it another way. Is is there is there anything as too frequently? Would you say to somebody, whoa, 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 you are churning out too many books here. Calm down. <laughs> 
I don't have a clear answer to that, Annette, mm-hmm. because as you know, it would depend on your business model. Yeah. So if you are someone who's um, churning out, let's say, um, low content material like mm-hmm. children's books, like okay, racing yes. books, and so, you can keep churning out every month because, you know, the kids, they finish. It's like, what else to do? I have yes. to keep going. Um, there are some authors who will uh, write a book every two to three years. You know, that's mm-hmm. especially for the for the chunkier ones. Like if you're writing a 60,000 word book, you cannot expect yeah. um, someone mm-hmm. to write a decent, you know, good quality 60,000 word book every month. Yes. But in terms of small business owners, like coaches, entrepreneurs who are aiming to build a portfolio, you can aim for every two to three months of short um okay short books to to build your portfolio in the Mm -hmm. first um couple of uh months of you Mm -hmm. becoming a uh, self-published author to build the momentum because after the six weeks of publishing your first book you could see the sales start to trickle Mm -hmm. trickle down because it's um you know it's post-launch so if you really want to ride the wave and build the momentum you know aim to to publish every two to three months if you can just short really specific um mm. problem areas that that your readers want to um to to overcome that you want them uh to help if you that, that you want to help them with and map it out i mean for many of my um students inside the get it done hub because they have this um ambition to build a portfolio mm. we map out the series from yes. the start um book 1 is about this book 2 is about this so when you are um writing book 1 you don't have the the need to put everything in there. You, you don't feel overwhelmed that I have to throw all of my expertise in just one book because I know that I'm going to talk about this particular area in book two. And as you're writing book one, you could even refer your readers that, you know, this one is coming up. Focus on this problem first. Sort yes. that out. And the next phase is this. And then the next phase is that. So you could plan it out from the start. Whether it's a it's a three book series or a five book mm-hmm. series, it's entirely up to you. But you know, map it out and and plan it according to your business model. Plan mm-hmm. it according to what offers are coming out um in your overall business, and just be quite strategic in terms of how you're going to use your book to support your business. Yeah, I know that when I was writing my book, I had that kind of temptation to go down a wormhole into a topic that actually wasn't the main topic of my book. So I think that makes a lot of sense by saying, actually give people something that might be slightly smaller, but is actionable. And if you need to go down a wormhole, that can be another book that can be an add on that you do later that you then, you know, you can briefly introduce a concept over in the first book. But if you want to dig into that, then then make that a separate area. Yes, and that's actually what I love about planning a series of books on it because it's easier for you as yeah. an author to keep your focus, but it's mm-hmm. also better for the readers because it's something that they could finish reading quite quickly. Mm-hmm. It and especially if you're someone who wants to take action, some yeah. something that is practical, after they finish reading it, off they go. And yeah. the, the more results that we can give to our readers, the better. You know, we mm-hmm. want results for our clients, we want results for our customers. And when you have a book series that's delivering that. Um, then you'll have raving fans um, at the end of it. 
Yeah, amazing, amazing. I love it. Emmy, this has been such a great conversation. I think that, um, you know, I, in the end, thoroughly enjoyed writing my book. It's something that I put off for years and years and years. And actually, I can say to everyone, it was actually a lot easier than I had made up it to be in my head. So I highly, highly recommend um, recommend that people do it. Emmy has some great resources to help you do that. Um, Emmy, why don't you let our uh, listeners and watchers know where they can find out more about you and where you hang out online? I have to say, just Google me. <laughs> I'm yeah. quite easy. So Google me, Emmy Estasha. You'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And um, yeah, just reach out and I'll be there to, to support. Amazing. Um, we'll also put um, Emmy's links in the show notes so that you have those as well and that you can uh, you can contact her, reach out to her there. Um, once again, Emmy, thank you so much for joining us. I think that this has been a great session. I am sure our listeners and watchers will agree. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Everyone, thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your time. I know it is incredibly precious. So thank you for spending some of it with us today. And I will speak to you all again soon. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you got lots of value from this episode. Now, if you're struggling with any accounting things for your business, I'd love to help. Make sure you reach out to me at podcast at annetteandco.co.uk. That's podcast at annetteandco.co.uk and let me know how I can help. Of course, remember to subscribe to this podcast as well. Thanks again.